Riverside. Good evening. Welcome to our Garage Takes listeners. I'll start with you, man. How are you doing on this uh, beautiful Wednesday night as we are recording this? I'm fantastic, Dave. I spent the weekend, uh, half of it, watching Michigan football and college football in general. And then I spent the other half in Indianapolis uh, watching the Colts-Titans game. Uh, That was an absolute great game. Uh, Came down to the last possession there. Uh, watching Derrick Henry live was something to behold, uh, a, a man am, amongst boys in the NFL. So uh, uh, just a very cool game to go to. Uh, it was my wife and I, and we had an absolute blast and uh, definitely cool stadium, something I would definitely do again, Dave. Yeah, I love that you guys did that. That is awesome. What a fun like little getaway on a Sunday. I would, You know what? I would love to make a trip to Indy with you. You know what I'm talking about. Where where do we need to go to Indy? Yeah, absolutely. The Big Ten Championship game would be yes, something, sir. too. And, and, Dave, the city is awesome. I don't know if you've ever been to Indy, but um, mm-hmm. the city is super cool. Um, definitely something that you'd want to check out for a couple nights, man. Cooler than Ovid? Uh, beats it by just, just a small hair better than Ovid, but pretty close. Pretty comparable. Yeah, I doubt that. I doubt that. No, that's really cool, man. I'm glad that you guys got out and uh, and, and were able to do that. Brent, I want to start by talking a little Michigan State. Sorry, Michigan State fans. We gotta we gotta talk. We we got some talking to do. We gotta talk Michigan briefly, of course, uh, and then I want to talk about the the Lions. Gotta talk Lions, and then. Brant, we're going to do a, you put together a fun little segment for us uh, around the NFL, um, a contender or pretender segment, as you got a bunch of teams right now sitting at three and one or two and two. So um, I think that's a per- perfect time, you know, uh, is there four games into the season to see who's for real and who who's not. So, and then obviously wrap up with the, uh, with the bets as always, but Let's hop right into Michigan State football. Brant, Michigan State takes yet another L to Maryland this time. I, t- I mentioned last week the schedule does not get any easier. They play Ohio State this coming weekend. It's looking like that Wisconsin game in East Lansing might actually be winnable because Wisconsin is terrible and got destroyed by Illinois. Uh, But things are looking grim in East Lansing right now. And it's, it's bad. It it, it really is. And, and I, I don't know when it's going to get better and I don't know. And this is when it's probably helpful, Brant to have a Michigan state fan on the show and, Talk like where's their head at? Like as a Michigan State fan, what's your threshold right now? Your patience with this? Are you are you cool with it? I mean, nobody's cool with it. nobody's excited to watch the season, but are you like, oh, it's just one season? We had a great year last year. We kind of probably overachieved a little bit. Like Tuck is kind of building this thing. We just need to be patient. Are you starting to genuinely question the direction of the program? Or are you fed up where you're like, why have we not made a change at defensive coordinator? Mel Tucker needs to not be the next Mark D'Antonio or else his head's on the chopping block. Like where are Michigan, Brent, where do you think Michigan, most Michigan state fans heads are at? Cause I genuinely don't know. Dave, I think most uh, Michigan state fans are on the, are on the side of, you know, this was still kind of a rebuild. This was going to take some time. Um, however, I do believe that they are starting to look around the landscape of college football. We have five coaches fired from division one football (laughs) and it's not even Dave. It's not even November, man. Like this is, this is NFL junior now. Sorry about that. That first one was Scott Frost. (laughs) The second one was Paul Chris. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Paul Chris goes down last week. And uh, clearly they want to keep their hands around um, Jim Leonard. 
and that makes all the sense in the world for a, or a team like Wisconsin. But really, as you watch Michigan State, if you don't start seeing some improvements or you don't start seeing uh, Amel make some decisions that, that make sense and uh, Scotty Hazleton sticks around too long, you're going to start to really question this program. Dave, I don't know if you watched the game against Maryland, but it was more body language and it was uh, they looked lifeless kind of out there at times. It was the the offense was letting the defense down this time, but still the defense wasn't good enough to get off the field at certain times. So it was interesting to watch, but I would just say if I'm a Michigan State fan, I've got to see some life in this team. Like you can't get beat by 50 by Ohio State this weekend. Like, come on, let's get some improvements. Let's get some stops. Let's try to keep this thing within two to three scores. And then maybe you can see some life out of this team. But if they get steamrolled by 50, Dave, that's going to be a real bad look. It is. And I think Michigan State tends to play well against Ohio State, but I I just don't have a ton of confidence right now. And I've been very complimentary of Mel Tucker and – I mean, dating back to when we started the podcast last year, like I do, I feel like he is the right guy for this job. I feel like he's bringing a type of swagger to East Lansing that they haven't had. I think he's all over the NIL stuff. He's bringing the Ferraris out. He's chopping wood. It's tuck coming. It's all this stuff. And Michigan State, although they don't have the same credibility, if you will, I use that loosely, as as their in-state rival in Michigan – they do have a little bit of swag and a little bit of like a chip on their shoulder. And they normally do anyway. Had and, that. and they had that, had that they right. Had that. But, 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 but it's not. And, and that's kind of my point is they've had that historically. Um, and especially obviously last year, even dating to beating Michigan the year before in the weird 2020 season, they've had that. I'm with you. They look lifeless out there and it doesn't, there's got to be a change coming very, very soon, I would think. I would think that Mel Tucker has a little bit of pressure right now. I'm not saying his job is in question, but it's going to be if he doesn't make some personnel changes or at least start competing in these football games because, man, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. If you go 0-4 in the month of October, we got some major, major problems. So, um Michigan State plays Ohio State this weekend. I know we'll talk the spread here at the end, but um, it is it has been a very disappointing season to uh, you know for the Michigan State Spartans. So Michigan, on the other hand, Brant went into Kinnick this weekend and they kind of beat Iowa at their own game. They played bully ball. They controlled the clock. They ran the football well, and just a gritty performance that really. Wire to wire. Um, now, yeah, the game kind of got in question towards the end. Like you could, you could say that, but really, it seemed like they had control for the vast majority of that game, and they won in the trenches. Um, one of my question marks that I had for this football team heading into this weekend and this season was in the trenches, like the D line, the offensive line, and it looked a lot better. It did, and you needed both of those position groups to play well in an environment like Kinnick. You are not, J.J. McCarthy was not going to go into Kinnick and throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. We knew that wasn't going to happen. We know the kind of football that Kirk Ferentz likes to play, and we know that Iowa is a very difficult place to go in and get a win, even if Iowa is not a a good team this year. Um that that was going to be a big test, and I thought Michigan answered the call. Now, yes, there are areas for improvement, but at the end of the day, you you, you went into a tough environment. You got a pretty convincing win, and you're five and zero, which is which is pretty big here, um, especially as we are you know traveling to Bloomington this weekend, and then. Um, Penn State on the calendar after that. So, Brant, what were your what, what were your initial thoughts watching this uh, Michigan Iowa football game? I finally saw, I finally saw this team have some resolve um, when they kind of got punched in the face a little bit, Dave. 
Maryland did it, but never felt like it was really in doubt. Late in the third quarter, when things kind of shifted towards Iowa, the defense made that big fourth down stop. And I know what you're talking, you know what I'm talking about, Dave, Um, to get off the field when it was 20 to seven. I think that's the biggest thing for this team right now is to show that you have some resolve, you have some moxie, if you will, some swagger. Uh, to know that you're going to get that stop and say, hey, listen, this is Michigan football, though, um, and, and you're not us at this moment. And to take that on the road and to have that happen, it was it was a big moment for Michigan this season in particular to have something like that before you play a Penn State, before you play a Michigan State, if you will, before you play an Ohio State, to have some of that confidence that we, we can get this stop right now and we can get the uh, the ball back to our offense. And then the offense put the drive together to put the game away, which I thought was also an underrated, um, an underrated drive too because still – it's, I know it's later in the game and it's kind of a throwaway touchdown, but it's a sealer, right? It's like, hey, you've got to have some of that killer instinct. Um, and same with the, the McCarthy to Donovan Edwards touchdown. It just felt like, hey, you kind of made a, 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 you, you made a chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, Dave. You know, um, it was just, it felt like they had to have these plays and they were getting those plays. And we talk about this all the time, Dave, where it was, the old Harbaugh era or the old Michigan teams would have folded at some point, but whether the quarterback was Cade McNamara or now JJ McCarthy, we're starting to see, you know what? The best thing ever, a culture. You're starting to see the culture of, it doesn't matter who's taking the snaps. We're winning these close games, or I shouldn't really say a close game, but a game that in the past you would have maybe lost or probably lost. So that to me, Dave, is the biggest takeaway from this game is we have finally are starting to see that culture of, yeah, we are actually favored and we're going to win as a favorite. That's something that we haven't come accustomed to seeing a ton, Dave. You're right. And, and Michigan historically tends to be favored in games like this. And we have seen it time and time again where they don't win these games. They lose in a close one. They make a bad turnover. They just whatever it is. They, they have lost these games. They lost them before Jim Harbaugh. They lost them at the beginning of his tenure at Michigan. And something changed in this program last year. And I, I think there were a couple of defining moments. I think one is after the scare against Rutgers last year and then having to travel to, to Wisconsin because it almost felt like that Rutgers game, similar to like the Maryland game in week four. They were both week four games. They... Michigan got tested and just basically like almost lost that game. And it was almost like, yep, here we go. Like here comes that game, right? That Michigan's going to lose. They're going to drop. Well, they squeaked out a win. And then last year they went in and just blew the uh, top off Wisconsin. That was a turning point. And then I thought after losing to Michigan State last year to then travel to Penn State and get a gritty, gritty win that we would have lost that game nine times out of ten in the past. They won it. And I thought that that changed the whole direction of the season. And not to dwell on last season, but you're seeing the effects of winning and what that does for a program. You've brought back guys that now know what it's like to win these games. And that includes J.J. McCarthy. That includes Donovan Edwards. That includes all these guys that, while on the roster last year and got some snaps, some meaningful snaps, they weren't the guys last year. Uh, but they know what it was like. And they know what it's going to take to get back to that point. And I finally feel like, and you know, Brant, that I am the most pessimistic sports fan out of anybody. I'm always waiting for the ceiling to collapse um, on any of our teams. But I do feel like, not not that Michigan's out of the woods yet for this year, but I feel confident. Like, as a Michigan fan, I'd like to get a pulse around, you know, how, how fans are feeling about this team and this program. Is there still doubt out there? Because if there's, if there's doubt about this team or this program, I'm telling you, it's going to come from me normally. And right now, I feel just pretty good about where things are at. Now, they have some challenges ahead of them. And it's not going to be an easy road all the way till they get to Columbus. They certainly are going to be favored in every single game. And to me, they're looking at a real shot of being 11-0, and 
traveling to Columbus. That's a realistic scenario. We said, looking back on the the calendar for this year, circled this game against Iowa. This would be the game where you were going to get really tested, and regardless of what Iowa team you had, this was not going to be easy to win, and we'd have to see how this team did on the road. Their first road, the first time they've had to leave Ann Arbor this year, you go to Kinnick. Not an easy place to play. They looked really good. They looked like the better team. They looked like they were the most prepared team. And they were the grittier team of the two. And what Iowa likes to do, they like to play bully ball. They want to wear you down, and they want to beat you 13-7. to Michigan beat them at their own game. Um, I, I feel really good about this team and this program right now. Uh, go ahead, Brant. Yeah, Dave, I just I have a question for you. Um, what yes. is one, one thing that you might like to see out of this team coming into Indiana um, before they play Penn State? Is there anything on your mind that you, you would really want to see? I, I think the, the thing that I want to see and all Michigan fans are still waiting to see is when, when I think back to all the podcasts we've recorded and I'm like, I want J.J. McCarthy to be the quarterback because this offense, this potential that is there, they could take the roof off uh, so, and, and really light up college football I still feel that way I know Michigan hasn't done that yet they haven't necessarily had to do that um they certainly weren't going to do it in Iowa but I think Indiana's the perfect time to air it out a little bit uh and and really start to get the ball in your receiver's hands and your playmaker's hands and just honestly make some flashy plays. Like I know it sounds stupid. Like I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but like I want to see JJ connect on one of these 40 or 50 yard bombs to Roman Wilson up the sideline. I don't want to watch him overthrow another one. I want to see him locked in, connect a couple of times. I want to see him throw. Honestly, Brant, this weekend, I want to see JJ throw three touchdowns. I do. Two of those three to wide receivers. Like, love you, Scooney, but uh, love you, Donovan Edwards. I mean, I love that play in Iowa, but uh, yeah, no, I want to see Andrew Anthony get in the end zone. I want to see Roman Wilson um, not be the one to just have to make a play out of a bubble screen or something like that. Like, I want to see him be caught in stride, or Ronnie Bell caught in stride. Um, I, that's what I want to see. I think there's a lot left to be desired from this uh, this Michigan offense. I think it's there. I'm not doubting it at all. Um I'm curious, though, because this may be the identity of the team moving forward. They just may want to play bully ball again, even though we don't have Hassan Haskins. You've got a Heisman contender right now in Blake Corum back there who we haven't talked enough about having himself one heck of a year. That may be the identity of this team. And as long as we're winning, I don't care at the end of the day, but I kind of care. I'd be lying on here if I didn't say, like, no, I want to see this uh, this offense uh, kind of hit the explosion button and and see what uh what juice is back there. What about you, Brand? And then we can kind of move on here. I just want to see the defense either get some takeaways or how the secondary looks. I thought Iowa moved the ball pretty well on our secondary. I thought Saren still for all the good he has done as a blitzer. I thought he had some questionable coverages out there where um, he was either caught on a tight end or when uh, Regini, I think his name might have been, he got going a little bit on the underneath stuff. Um, And and I just thought, man, he looked like a wide receiver playing DB today. Um, So I'm looking for him to show some improvements in 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 the man coverage aspect and and just some turnovers in general, like the DJ Turner drop. Of, of the interception. I mean, that that's a game stealer right there in itself. And those are types of moments that you have to have when you're playing a Penn state or an Ohio state. And I know he kind of joked about it after the game or whatever. Everyone was giving him the business, but I mean, that's like, those are must haves to me, especially on the road. You want to talk about knockout punches. Uh, knockout punches are very valuable on the road. You let a team linger and all of a sudden mid fourth quarter, we're kind of sweating Dave. So, so that's what I want to see from the defenses. Can do you have that killer instinct? Can you turn them over? Can you turn it into six or can you give us great field position? Something like that. So that's what I'll be looking for against Indiana when they try to throw it 60 times on this secondary. Um, let's try to pick a few of those off. Yeah. Fair, fair enough, and let's please get Nakai Hill Green back soon. This, these linebackers need help. Um, I am, I keep hearing he's coming back. They, they desperately need Nakai Hill Green. Um, 
All right, Brant, we have to do it. The Lions, the Lions, the Lions give up 48 points to the Seattle Geno Smith-led Seahawks. That game was infuriating to watch. It was, and I and I know Brand. I know you were in Indy. Did you get a chance to to watch uh, any of this? I didn't. Game? Wa- I no. didn't even watch the highlights, Dave. I saw the yeah. final score. I kind of got the gist of what happened, and I said, "No, thanks. Don't need to see it." Uh, that throwaway game for me. <laughs> you go ahead, though. Yeah, I'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you didn't. You didn't miss much. I mean, looking at the box score, you can kind of understand what happened. Basically, the Seahawks not the Seahawks never punted the ball once. Once they, it didn't happen one time throughout the entire game. Uh, they put 48 points up and anytime Jared Goff is throwing north of 400 yards and dropping touchdowns without a Monroe St. Brown, without Deandre Swift, like his weapons gone and you've got Hawk out there reeling in 150 yards or whatever he had like dude, that offense, man, kudos to Ben Johnson and that offense they are rolling. They don't even have Jamison Williams yet, and I, they're rolling, and that was awesome. But this defense is doing the offense no favors at all, and I, if you listen anywhere around Lions Radio or Lions Podcasts or talk to your buddy, I think the questions right now, and a hot seat has got to be on Aaron Glenn, and uh it's not I really like Aaron Glenn. I I think that he is, so here's my opi- here's my opinion on him. Well, actually, I'm going to play let me just play a little quick audio clip for you Brant uh from the Valeni show and I I think that so for anybody that doesn't know Mike Valeni and Rico Beard they run a run a show down here in Metro Detroit on the radio and uh, it can be very critical of the Lions at times. But Brant, I want to just play this clip uh from what Valeni had to say about Aaron Glenn, I just want to hear get your uh, get your thoughts on this. I, I I don't even I don't even know what to say. It's not fair. I no, it's your defense is historically bad, and you have to, you have to start asking questions. Like just that's it. Don't tell me this is the worst defense ever put together. It has to fall on Aaron Glenn. And when you look at certain times in that game, how do you justify some of these calls? How? How about last week coming out of a timeout? Like, don't think we forgot about that. Coming out of a timeout, you spit the bit and give up a touchdown to K.J. Osborne, or whatever the hell his name is, and he's wide open? I view that as like, what were you doing in the timeout? Either you called the wrong thing, or your players didn't execute the thing, and it all falls back on you. So, Brant, I I think that... This is the kind of criticism you're hearing everywhere on Aaron Glenn, and here's my here's my take on him, and I want to hear what you have to, to think, because you didn't need to watch the game last week to understand what's going on with this defense. couple of things. First, Aaron Glenn, as a motivator and as a player development coach, I don't think that you can question him and his ability to do that. I think just cutting ties with Aaron Glenn, my personal opinion, you cut ties with him right now at this point of the season, I think it does more bad than good in terms of the culture, the locker room, the everything that Dan Campbell is has been preaching and trying to pull together. I think that Aaron Glenn can be the guy, but his decisions as a defensive coordinator like in this role is beyond questionable. How many times are you going to run, throw a zero blitz out there where you want to, it's like this whole idea of we're going to bite kneecaps off and we're just going to go like after your throat every single play. And what Seattle did every single play was they beat them at their own game. They run these little bootlegs out there and it, they just made the easy play every single time. And there were no adjustments made. It was painful to watch and I'm really starting to wonder. I mean, they had one game where the defense looked decent, and that was against the Commanders. And we all know Carson Wentz ain't it. So I'm very concerned. I don't know what the right answer is, Brant. I do want to hear your thoughts on that and on the Aaron Glenn situation because I'm in the camp of he deserves to be questioned, absolutely. 
but I don't, I think it does more bad than good right now to, if you were to cut ties with him, like after this week, let's say like, if there's another abysmal performance, I don't know what that does for you right now, but I'm, I'm certainly not a banging the table saying he deserves to keep this job. What do you think? I'm a little bit opposite of you, Dave, um, to be honest. Uh, the Lions have now given up the most points in in a four game stretch or to begin a season, um, so obviously that's not good. But the other fact of it is, Dave, this wasn't Patrick Mahomes that did it to you. This wasn't. It doesn't feel like this was a tough game plan. This is Pete Carroll we're talking about here that Russell Wilson carried him for years. So he's not an offensive genius. Like this isn't Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan or Mike McDaniel, Dave. This is Pete Carroll and Geno Smith came to your crib, pulled your pants down and spanked you. Like, I'm sorry, Dave, but Dan Campbell gets paid a lot of money. Brad Holmes gets paid a lot of money to figure this out. And to me, this is big boy football. Like this is, uh, if you give up, in a four-game stretch or five-game stretch, whatever it is, um, the historically the most points all time so far, that's fireable. I mean, th- to me, it, it's just time to probably put a nail in that coffin and, and seal it up shut. And you're right. I do like Aaron Glenn. I like what I saw on Hard Knocks. I like, I like the way that um, he came off as a leader and, and stuff like that. But – when you're giving up this many points, the defense, Dave, was not this bad at the end of last year. I watched him beat Kyler Murray. You know what I mean? Like, this is Geno Smith. Geno. He went ahead and, and took care of business and dropped 48 on you. That you got to get something figured out, Dave. Brant, Brant, the Seahawks have had, in the first few games, 47 points combined. They dropped 48 on you in a game. <laughs> So how is – I know you said it's, it's a reason to be questioned, but also I think you can understand when people say, I, I need a change. We need to start fresh here because um, the, the stink is in the locker room now. Like guys, guys hear everything. Guys hear everything about, oh, my God, we've given up the most points in four games. NFL history, like that is – that is fireable and something probably needs to happen, Dave. And when you keep prolonging it, guess what happens next week? Just like with Mel Tucker Spartans and, and Scotty Hazleton, Ohio State drops 56 on you. Imagine losing to Bailey Zappi. Isn't that just in the, like, the same ballpark, Dave? Like you're about to maybe lose to a third string quarterback. You know, it, to me, Dave, you lose this game. I don't know how you keep them. That's all I'll say. All right, so as of right now, you would you can Aaron Glenn no more chances. He doesn't, and, even... and that's and that's the thing. It's like I do I do feel bad, but this is a business, and this is big boy football, and this is a a terrible a terrible gut punch that they've just gone through. I think maybe this is a way to motivate the team, and and he can say all the right things. I love Aaron Glenn, like I respect Aaron Glenn. I, I wish him luck in his future, but right now this just isn't working, and, and we're gonna have to move forward as a team, and we'll get something to figure this out. That's all you have to do. And I think fans would respect that and they would appreciate that. Or go lose to Bailey Zappi and see what happens. I mean, you don't think they're going to call for his head after he loses to Bailey Zappi? Imagine they, th- they throw up 35 points, but the Patriots score 42, Dave. That, yeah, it's unacceptable. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And I'm hoping that, I mean, right now, sitting at 1-3, and three, it doesn't look good. Detroit fans, it does it does not. It doesn't look good. You can't lose those games. You have three three out of four games have been home games, and you have you've lost what two out of three of those at home. Um, that one yep. Commanders game is the one that they won, and it is now that Eagles loss is looking a lot better, right? But but still, they just. They're not winning, and I think we wanted to see this team take a step in the right direction. We talked about player development and all of those things. You're seeing some glimpse of, glimpses of positive things. See Jeff Okuda. But you know what? Now, look, Aiden Hutchinson's a rookie. I love Hutch. 
but he deserves some criticism too. Hutch looks lost out there. And Brant, you said it earlier on the podcast after, I don't know if it was before they drafted him or after, and you were concerned about him just being like a bull rusher and and how that he doesn't have a second move right really how that yet. translates to the nfl yeah and i think it's yet like i think hutch could still be really good a valuable piece but that's the number two overall pick aiden hutchinson is non-existent right now outside of one football game so far and i know he's had an injury but it's unacceptable it is you gotta demand more out of these guys and the excuses can only go so far so Dave, and the the one great game he had, it, it seemed like it was a really good, favorable matchup for him. A- and you might get a few of those throughout the year, but you're not going to get that week out, week in and week out in the NFL. We both know that. So, yeah, he's got to develop that second a second move at some point or third move or whatever you want to do. But, um, you know, Lions fans also need to be patient with him. Like, you can't point to him and be like, bust. That's he's the problem, you know, that it's way too soon for that talk. So give the kids some time. I think right now you've got to figure out a way to just stop what's coming down the pike here with Bailey Zappi. And Dave, I think if you end up losing the game to the Patriots, people are going to say, shame on Dan Campbell, because you didn't make the move after Geno Smith dropped 48 on you. You better damn sure not lose to, to Bailey Zappi led Patriots is all I'm saying. And now I've said his name way too much on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you have. And I, okay. I also, and I'm not, I'm, then we're, we can move on from this, I promise. But Anzalone or Anzalone, however you say his name, that guy is a practice squad linebacker. Terrible. And if I have to watch him so get one more snap with the starting guys, I'll, like, I can't, I can't do it. Like, Brad, that's on you. Like, that's the best we can do? He's a high-effort guy. He's a high-IQ guy, but he Don't is care. He is unathletic, and he's getting up there in age. And I think he, I think PFF or Pro Football Focus has him rated as one of the worst linebackers in the NFL, Dave. So not yeah. a surprise, but. Right. SAT scores do not translate to tackles. So, I yeah, please, I do not want to watch him ever again play and I know I'm going to have to this weekend all right Brant let's get into a a little bit around the NFL in contender or pretender all right you ready man okay let's do it all right so we are through gosh we're already through Four games this season, which just seems crazy. It actually kind of makes me sad. I feel like we waited so long for football, and and it's just cruising by. But I want to go through the NFC. I want to go through the AFC. I want to name some teams and their records. And even and you helped put this together, Brandon. I love that you threw some two-and-two teams on there, too, because I think that's totally fair, especially because the NFL seems kind of wide open right now. Uh, it, It really does. So, Let's start in the NFC, Brant, um, and the contender or pretender segment is going to be like contender, like we could really, this team's for real, like they're they're contending for the playoffs, potentially for a Super Bowl this year, or yeah, they may have won a couple of decent games, but they're pretenders at the end of the day, don't buy into these guys. So let's start with the Packers. Packers, three and one, contender or pretender? Dave, I'm going to go contender. Um, I, I think, still think they have some defensive questions. I think that their coaching, though, and, and Aaron Rodgers and their offense uh, is good enough in that NFC to get to get some playoff wins and potentially have a run. I'll go contender. I'll go pretender. I I, I do not like the, the the Packers this year. I just think that. Aaron Rodgers, although he's Aaron Rodgers, he's just he's missing Devontae Adams. It is very, very clear. And I am not I agree with what you're saying about, you know, the the division and where they're at, but I, I don't see them contending. They'll I think they'll make the, the playoffs probably even as a wild card, but I'm not buying them as a contender right now. Not worried about the Packers in the least bit. I think the Lions could beat the Packers. Ah, I'll leave it at that. All right. The Vikings also in their division. Sitting at three and one, contender or pretender? Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. You are a pretender. Okay, then. 
Yeah. Um, I'm going to say contender. And I know, I know. I see your, I see your facial reaction. I do. And I know they have had a couple of games where they just really did not look good. Um, I think Justin Jefferson is really good. I think Delvin Cook is Delvin Cook. And I think this defense is good enough. I think that I would take them as the favorites over the Packers right now in that division. So for that reason, I'm going to call them a contender. Brant, the Buccaneers, the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers, sitting at 2-2, two and two, contender or pretender this year? Pretender. Uh, th- their defense is legit. Their offense struggles mightily. And um, I just don't see I – can, I can see them making the playoffs, but I do not see them making a serious run. I will go pretender as far as – uh, conference championship, Super Bowl type deal. Uh, they'll only make the playoffs because that division is so weak. Yeah, I, I said it last week, even the week before. I think, and I think you have too. I'm, I'm down on on the Bucks. I think they are coming down to earth. I think Tom Brady does not look like him himself. Uh, you bring in guys like Julio Jones that have been basically non-existent. Uh, I'm 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 down on them. I think the Bucks are a pretender this year. What about the um Detroit Rams? I'm sorry, the <laughs> LA Rams. Uh Matthew Stafford led Rams at two and two. Brant, the reigning Super Bowl champions, contender or pretender? My wife's gonna love this. Uh pretenders. I got them as pretenders. I don't think they I, I think they're going through a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover right now. Uh they do not. It sure defen- looked like it after I saw their parade. <laughs> their defense, their defense is not what it was last year, and um, they don't look enthused to be out there. Cooper Cup is their only offensive option. I don't know if you've seen that, Dave, but uh, they don't have a second receiver. Allen Robinson's nowhere to be found. Uh, no separation, whatever it is. Defense cannot hold it down this year. I got him as a pretender, man. Yeah, I have them as a pretender as well, which is a good thing for the Lions. I think if you can if you can catch the Rams in a nine and eight season and get yourself a, a decent little pick for they have their first round pick this year. Let's say you get that pick at number like twenty. That's a solid that would be good for the Lions. I, I just I'm with you. They 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 definitely seem to have the Super Bowl hangover right now. Stafford is looking like Stafford. I know Detroit fans don't want to hear that who love Stafford, but that dude throws more interceptions than I mean. It's just it's it's bad. And yeah, Cooper Cup has been really good. That is like if Cooper Cup goes down, that is his lifeline. They cannot run the ball. Cam Akers looks awful, awful, awful. They're missing guys like Von Miller. It's very very clear. Um, down on the Rams, pretender. What about the 49ers who just stuck it to the Rams? Yeah, this is as simple as it is for the Vikings for me to be pretenders. These guys are absolute contenders. Um, give me Jimmy G moving the rock a little at a time. But absolutely. I'm saying this team has legit Super Bowl aspirations. That defense, once again, is Super Bowl good. Um, Debo's doing his thing. Jimmy's slinging it kind of around. Uh, Kittle hasn't even got going yet. Um, and, and they just pick up running backs out of nowhere, Dave. How about Jeff Wilson just coming back into the fold? Like he never was on the bench as like a third stringer. They just pull him back in and they're like, eh, go run for a few touchdowns, man. Thank you. Like, it's ridiculous how this offense runs. Once again, Kyle Shanahan, one of the best coaches in the NFL. Can't say that enough. So I got him as serious contenders. I am right there with you. I am high on the 49ers. I think the best thing that happened to that team this year, you know what I'm saying, Trey Lance going down and Jimmy G getting another shot at this thing because the 49ers look good. That defense is good, and that they offense. They love Jimmy. They the, love Jimmy out there. They do. Like that team, you can see they just rally around him. It's they awesome. Do. Yeah. Yep, they do. I am. I'm very. I'm right there with you. I think the 49ers are Super Bowl contenders. I agree with you, Brant. What about the Cardinals sitting at two and two? Kyler Murray. What do you think? I'll go. I'll go uh, pretender here um, until Kyler proves it to us. I've got to go pretender. Um, 
maybe he's doing this backwards thing this year where they kind of get off to a slower-ish start and then they come on at the back end and maybe he puts the video games down a little bit. I don't know uh, what his uh, Monday through Wednesday routine will be, um, but I, I do like them as a pretender, Dave. Yeah, that's my reason too. I just Kyler has not shown that he can win win meaningful football games, and neither is Cliff Kingsbury. And until they do so, they're pretenders for me. They do seem to be doing it a little backwards this year because normally they start off and they're like five and zero. So Factor sitting at two and two, maybe that says something. They do get uh, DeAndre Hopkins back after week six, I believe, coming back from a suspension that will do wonders for this offense, but. I mean, like, James Conner was an absolute stud last year for them, and he has not had a great season. So, yeah, I, I, I'm i pretenders for sure. And I feel like I'm saying a lot of pretenders, actually. And the fa- I think my only contenders right now, which I'm totally regretting my take on the Vikings as I'm looking through my list, <laughs> my contenders out of all of these teams so far are literally the Vikings and 49ers. So let it be known that I already regret my picks. That's how we feel about the NFC. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Sticking with the NFC, how about Jalen Hurts and the Red Hot Philadelphia Eagles at 4-0? Contender or pretender? For sure contender. This team is scary right now. Um and I think they have the I think they have the team that can that can stay with it just to stay like this, Dave. I think they have staying ability. Um I will also say their experience last year from losing to the Bucks into the playoffs, that was a big thing for them, this team, I think. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets the playoff experience on the road. They'll probably get one at home this year. I just think that this team is built for a potential deep playoff run. Yeah, I, I've got to call them a contender. I mean, they, they, they look good. I... It doesn't show up in the stat sheets always, but gosh, when Jordan Davis gets in there, he's Jordan Davis, and what a good what a good pick for them. And then you couple that with the fact they got into Kobe Dean late. It's just the Eagles have drafted well, and Jalen Hurts is finally looking like a quarterback that's not just fantasy football relevant. He looks like he's playing winning football, and I think them having the guts to go out and make a trade to get A.J. Brown, who... So, they were questioned for that, really, especially because they already had Devontae Smith. Um, A.J. Brown's looked really good. This offense is really good, coupled with a really good defense in a poor division. I, I got to buy them. I hate to say it, but contenders. Brant, the Cowboys. How about them? <laughs> Cooper Rush Cowboys. 3-1. and one. Somehow, someway. They're three and one contenders or pretenders. I'll go contenders, Dave. Um, and I'm not just saying that trying to be a Cowboys fan. <laughs> that that better that that hype train whistle better be for the defense because that's what's carrying the day right now. The only reason I'm buying them, Dave, is because defense wins, man. And if this defense can carry in later in the season. Absolutely. I can see them winning some playoff games. So give me as a, give me the Cowboys as contenders. This is why America hates Cowboy fans. And no, I, as a Cowboys fan, I, I'm with you. I mean, the defense is awesome. Micah Parsons. Awesome. Trayvon Diggs. Awesome. Like I love this, this defense. I wish Dan Quinn was our head coach. But he's not our head coach. It's Mike McCarthy, and I think that they're running this little high right now while Dak is out and the fire-up chips. Uh, Cooper Rush leading the way is exciting. It's a great storyline. But this too shall pass, and I do not think this offense is good. I think they have not found a way to effectively utilize, at least as of now, Tony Pollard on a consistent basis. I'm not bought into Zeke being the guy. Um, I need to see Michael Gallup and how he looks coming back from injury. I know he caught a touchdown this past week. I am... I'm not sold on the Dallas Cowboys. I want to be sold, trust me, but I'm not, and... Mike McCarthy as the head coach, they've been one of the most penalized teams in the league since he's been the coach there, and it's been better recently, but no, they're a pretender until I till I see something different. What about the Giants? Danny Dimes, Saquon, 
three and one contenders or pretenders pretenders they've got to do it to them pretenders just the way that the Cowboys beat them at the end of that game the other night they just their offensive line isn't good enough yet their defensive line isn't good enough yet in the trenches they just aren't strong enough yet Danny Dimes is still kind of a question mark to me um their running game's good uh they, they can throw it a little bit but I think they're good enough to make the playoffs maybe but I, I don't got them as a real contender I'll take pretender pretenders for sure I don't think the Giants are very good I'm I've actually caught a couple of their their games now, even not just the one against uh, Dallas where Micah Parsons was like rolling over Evan Neal in that offensive line. Um, I don't think the Giants are, are very good. I don't. So, Brant, let's move over to the AFC here. Let's start cruising a little bit. So, the Chiefs, 3-1, contenders or pretenders? Got them as contenders, Dave. These This team just keeps rolling, man. Yep, I am right there with you. Patrick Mahomes is, seems to—he's going to be a contender for the rest of his career. It seems like got them as a contender as well. What about the Baltimore Ravens? Lamar Jackson—they are two and two. They've had a couple of really bad losses. What do you think about this team? Contender or pretender? I'll do it for Curdy, man. Contender. They've got to get a. They've John Harbaugh has to figure out how to hold a lead. Once they do that, they'll be absolutely fine. Uh, division isn't very tough, I don't think, so I'll take him as a contender. I've got them as a pretender. Sorry, Kurt. Uh, I I love what Lamar has done this year, and I think that he is really in prove-it mode and trying to, you know, I think he's, like, representing himself in contract negotiations, which is kind of cool, but he's in straight-up, like, prove-it mode, which has been awesome, but... I just, I don't see it. Like, Mark Andrews is sweet. J.K. Dobbins is back. I don't know how that knee holds up. I see he's already got another injury this week. Ugh, I don't know. Um, I mean, Mike McDonald's their defensive coordinator, so, I mean, that's cool. Uh, I, I want the Ravens to, to be good, but uh, now as of right now, I've got them as a pretender. And the reason why, and I'm just going to lead that into the next one, are the Bengals at 2-2, two and two, Brant? I'm just going to lead this and say I have them as a contender. They have not looked good. As a matter of fact, they've looked very bad. I don't think that that is – I know I keep saying it. It seems like week to week. But I I don't think that that's going to stay the same. And I think that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, I mean – these guys are loaded, and I think Dax Hill. Come on now on the defense. Like I, I'm high on the on the Ravens as uh, as contenders, even though they have looked pretty terrible this year. You what mean about the, you Bengals? the Bengals? Okay, yeah, um, yeah. I'll I'll take the Bengals as contenders. Um, I don't think there's there's much to be said about them just yet. I think they'll be just fine as, as the season moves along. Um, the offense will get it together. Jamar Chase is too good. Uh, that offense is too good. They'll be fine. Contender. All right. Miami Dolphins, 3-1. and one. I mean – we we all saw what happened to Tua. That was just that was yeah. really really bad. Um, Dolphins are under. I mean, we talked about it last week. After I, I think I made the comment, it looked like he had gotten home from the bar at two a.m. the week before and fell right over and went back into the game. I said that jokingly, but not really because we know how serious like head injuries are, especially in the NFL. And it was cringeworthy what you had to watch happen to him. We don't know when he will be back. It sounds like they're just calling this a concussion at this point. Um, they are 3-1, and one, though. I know they took their first loss. Brant, contender, pretender, Miami Dolphins. I'm going to go pretender, Dave. I've got them. Their offense is okay enough, I think, to win some more games. Their defense is still questionable to me. So I will take them. I will take them as a pretender. I, pending on what we find out about Tua, because that is a big, let's just say Tua comes back after this week. I'm going to call them a contender. I do. I'm, I'm high enough on them where like even before he went down and he was kind of struggling even in that game, I think they're just good enough to get it done and, and pro- kind of be a sneaky team. And I think 
Tyreek has just kind of brought this attitude to the team. Mike McDaniels, I mean, you got to hand it to these guys. I, I think that uh, they kind of seem to be enduring like a little culture change. They're kind of walking with a little pep in their step. I like the Dolphins. I'm going to call them a contender. Brant, this next one's easy. Buffalo Bills, 3-1. and one. Got them as a contender, Dave. Yeah, you said it. It's easy. Yep. Contender for sure. Super Bowl contender, absolutely. Tennessee Titans, you got to watch them in person this week. They're sitting at 2-2, two and two, contender or pretender. I can't believe I'm going to say this. I buried them like two weeks ago. <laughs> I've got them as contender. I will take them as a contender. <laughs> wow, that face, Dave. I'll take them as a contender. Dude, I... No. Nope, 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 nope. Pretender. Moving on. Jaguars, 2-2. Two and two. Trevor Lawrence, what do you think? Got him as a pretender, unfortunately. I think they're going to be good. Give them some time. Maybe next year. Yeah, we talked about them recently. I still feel the same way. I think they, they, they will be good in the future, but this year ain't it. Uh, I got them as a pretender. The Chargers, Justin Herbert-led Chargers, sitting at 2-2. Two and two. Contender, pretender. From what I've seen so far, pretender. Gotta be. Not impressed with them. They have to do more as of now. Pretender. Should be getting Keenan Allen back. I think that will help. Um, Austin Eckler has not had a good start to his year. He did have a good week this past week. Uh, I got them as a contender. I think Justin Herbert is is good. and He's been dealing with an injury, too. I think his ribs are banged up or something. Um I, I've got them as a as a as a contender, sneaky team to keep your keep your eye on. Uh, and then last, Brant, but certainly not least, before we get into the bets, the Denver Broncos. I'm hoping Let's this ride. one's easy. All right. <laughs> Let Russ cook. <laughs> no, Dave, biggest frauds in the league, man. Biggest frauds in the league. Pretenders all the way. Stop Russ cooking. Just stop it. Yeah, I completely agree with you, man. This, I don't know what it is. Maybe Russ has lost it. I, I don't know, but it's it's bad. I don't like watching them. It's just seems like a mess right now. It really is. This this just screams head coach about to get fired any given week uh, for yeah. sure. So, all right, Brant. This is your time to shine. Give us the bets of the week. All right, Dave. Let's hop back into um, what was a, a really good week last week. Let's let's keep the train going. Okay, we're going to do Michigan traveling to Bloomington plus 21.5 for Indiana. Does that work for them? I'll take Indiana plus 21.5. Wow, you seem um, very confident in that. That's a little scary for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, until I see Michigan blow the top off a Big Ten team, that's a lot of points. It is. I think Michigan's good. I think they're gonna they're gonna clearly win this game, but I I think that line is created for a reason. I will take Indiana plus twenty one and a half. What about you, sir? Man, I hate the half here. I hate the hook. I hate the 21 and a hook, but I will take Michigan to cover. I think this is the week they blow it off and uh, they just keep it rolling. So I'll take uh, Michigan to cover the 21 and a half. Dave, Buckeyes coming to East Lansing, MSU getting spotted 26 and a half points. What do you want me to do with this? I, 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 I want you to wait until it's 29 and a half. This this spread keeps growing, man. It started at like twenty two and a half, didn't it? Like I I thought yeah, it was twenty three when I saw it. Twenty three, yeah. yeah. If you hopped on that, that was a good idea. Um, yeah, I've got to continue to keep picking against Michigan State because it keeps working. I don't know. I'll take Ohio State to cover twenty six and a half. What about you? All of the money that people have probably made off of MSU last year, they have probably lost it all this year, dude. They have not been good against the spread. I'm going to take the Buckeyes here. I, I just I don't want to have to do this on the road. A Big Ten team to beat Michigan State at home. Like, it's unbelievable that I'm going to say this, but give me the Buckeyes to win by 27 or more. Um, all right, Texas and Bama. 
uh, Jimbo versus Saban here. Bama, can they cover 23 and a half at home? Mm, uh, Texas A&M is not good. This game we circled, Brant, as we were previewing the upcoming college football season. Wow, couldn't we be more wrong? Couldn't we be more wrong? Um, I don't. What, what's up with Bryce Young? Not to like divulge here from the topic, but like, is he good? Is he coming back? I know they I, they, they won without him against Arkansas. It would be like but. if JJ McCarthy had a slight shoulder injury. Do you think you'd hear anything? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> good point. So. Uh, I. I'm going to go to what I initially said before the season started. I think Nick Saban is coming out to uh, to spill blood, and I will take Bama to cover 23-and-a-half. What about you? Dave, that backup quarterback for Alabama. When, have you, Stop if you heard this before. The, the, quarterback, the backup quarterback for Alabama is really good. Um, so I'll take Bama to cover this spread. Um so there's your college picks for the week. All right, let's do Lions at Patriots. Patriots, home favorites by three. You know what? Uh, gosh, I – no, 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 no. I, I'm changing my mind. I almost just said something. I'm taking the Lions plus three. Yeah. Give me the Lions oh on the God. money line. Give, Give me, me the Patriots. Dirt. Get out of here. Get about <laughs> You shut your mouth. No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, you can't stop Geno Smith. You can't stop Bailey Zappi. Let's Say, go. You said I'm, it again. Say his name one more time. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I'm riding with the Patriots. Uh, Cowboys at Rams, um, which probably should have been the game of the week, but these teams are, are, tra- are still trying to get it figured out. So uh, Rams favored by four and a half. Dak might I'll, play. I'll, I don't know. Dak is not playing. Um I think the Rams cover four and a half. I think that they just got their face rubbed into the dirt this past week, and I think Sean McVay is a good enough coach to get them back. But my only concern, honestly, is Matthew Stafford, and I think under duress, and he has a tendency to turn the ball over. The Cowboys might hang around, but, man, Aaron Donald up in Cooper Rush's face all day. I'll, I'll take the Rams in this one. What about you? I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover the four and a half. I don't like them to win, but I like them to cover the four and a half. I can see this as a three-point win for the Rams. All right, Bengals at Ravens. Ravens favored by three. Can they hang on to a lead and finish the game off? Yeah, I know that I'm higher on the Bengals' potential right now than the Ravens, however, in this game and knowing that it's being played in Baltimore – I will take the Ravens to cover three points in this one. What about you? I'll take the Bengals with the three. Um, I think that's just good value right there. Um, potentially as a one one point game, maybe at the end. So I'll take the I'll take the Bengals with the three. Um, all right, Dave, double lock of the week because you can't get it right with one. Why not try two? <laughs> um, let's go Michigan to cover eleven in the first half. That's what I got it at. I see it's at 12 and a half now. So I think people actually found that bet um, and, and are throwing some money on it. But I loved it at 11. So um, if you can still find it, more power to you. I think they come out hot in the first half. Okay. And this one, Dave, Titans minus two and a half at the Commanders. I love that line. You don't have to, you don't have to get it at three points. You can get it at two and a half. Why not? The commanders stink. I feel like I'm about to talk over you, man, and I'm sorry because you're totally cutting out on my end, but I feel like when I listen to this back, I'm I'm literally talking over you, so I, I'm just going to apologize. I'm not sure if we lost um, Dave there or I, I like the double lock happened, of the week, but, and um, we are coming up on an hour-long podcast here, and, and we've got to get out of here so, anyway. This is Garage um, Takes right, well, Season 2, that will Episode 12. Episode, uh, Give us a 12 like, of follow, two. subscribe, leave and, us a positive uh, comment or review on the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. It goes a long ways. And we look forward to seeing you guys all back next time as we are a quarter way 
through the NFL season and really starting to get into the thick of college football. We appreciate your support. Catch you all next time. Powered by Riverside.